With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 86, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, do you ever get to a stage where you start getting anxious or maybe even experience panic attacks? Well, today's guest certainly has been there, and today she's going to share different techniques and tools on how she better manages so that you can to any anxiety and panic attacks. Joining me on today's show is Sandy Colombo. Sandy is a leadership coach around mindset. She's an NLP master and trainer. She's an author of two books, a survivor of panic attacks and anxiety. She's also a communication specialist and business builder. She's been married for over 28 years with two teenaged boys and she's looking forward to the next stage of her life. Now, specifically on today's show, Sandy's going to share for us how to better manage those panic attacks and anxiety. She's also going to talk about how to find your tribe, as well as how to get what you want and what you do want rather than get what you don't want and so much more. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Oh, thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm really excited about being here. Oh, yes. I love the topic you're talking about today because I was unaware that it was uh, Mental Awareness Week till I interviewed a, a guest just uh, a couple of days ago, and she's from the US and mentioned it's such an important topic, particularly uh, when we think about the demanding schedules, um, things that are just going on in the world, and where there's a lot of anxiety and pressure and stress going on. So I'm sure everything you share today is certainly going to, to be helpful. Take us back to what you were experiencing and then let's walk through some of the things that you learned so that people listening and watching today can really start to benefit from some of the insights uh, and things that you do to now better manage uh, panic and, and obviously anxiety. Well I'd firstly like to say that I'm a survivor of panic mm. attacks and anxiety so I don't get anxiety or panic attacks anymore but yes. we go back to 2003 when I had two um, little boys I think they're about uh, two and five at the time mm -hmm. and I was running a uh, business a wholesale travel business my husband was also running his own business so life was really really busy mm -hmm. and if I look at my strategies even before that time I was a total people pleaser right. and I think with the birth of my second son and going back to full-time work I just couldn't keep all the balls in the air anymore mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know what anxiety was. I had no idea what panic attacks were. And I just happened to say one day to a friend, you know, if this is life, wow, you know, it's just, mm. I'm sort of over it. Yes. Um, and he picked up on that really quickly and said, wow. what? 
what did you say to me? And it, it started a conversation around, you know, if only I had longer than 24 hours in a day, mm -hmm. if only I didn't need to sleep, you know, I'd have enough time to do all the things that I need to do. Mm -hmm. And this dialogue opened up between him and I around, you know, yes, but, you know, you're doing everything for everybody else and nothing for you. Um, and I totally was yeah. complete people pleaser. That's interesting that, uh, you know, you weren't really able to uh, see that it was a panic attack and anxiety. So for someone who may be listening and watching today or even the recording that is having the same experiences as you and doesn't actually realise that, hang on, this is what's going on, what are some of the symptoms? What was happening? Okay, so I call it busy head or full head. Mm. Um, it's sort of like if you think of turning on your computer and having all the programs going and then everything freezes. Yes. Um, I could hear people talking. Sometimes I couldn't hear actually what they were saying. I was consistently in the, in, in the future about what might happen or in the past about what did happen. Mm -hmm. Lots of self-talk, lots of very negative self-talk. Um, you know, I... Um, just really just feeling like actually if I think about my my eyesight was very tunneled vision mm. um, and I mean literally I couldn't really see um, things were dim so there were lots of um, key indicators but I didn't know again I, I just didn't know what anxiety was wow. um, or panic attacks and I was starting to do things like wanting to go to bed really early mm. um, waking really early not sleeping well um, probably having more to drink than was, you know, mm -hmm. I normally would have. Um, you know, it was nothing to polish off a bottle of wine with dinner. Yes. Um, you know, that's probably what got me through all those early years <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> but, you know, I like a glass of wine, but I was mm. never, ever a big drinker. Um, and that was sort of around self-soothing. Yes. You know, sort of giving myself back a little bit of, and just not allowing anything good to happen for me mm -hmm. I just put myself completely on the back burner yes in fact my sister came around one day and she said did you brush your hair today and I went no yeah um and there were a number of days where I just didn't brush my hair um there were days where I just didn't have time to have a shower I mean basic things mm. that you know I always did but because of the kids and working such long hours um I was just you know sliding my my stuff to the background yes and so would that be as you say more of the, the anxiety that was kind of causing those those things that you just described to occur then if you think of um, panic attacks is that kind of something happens and then all of a sudden you have a reaction is that were, were there different experiences for the panic attack yes so panic attacks came along a little bit further along um, and it was around um, food so my father had grown up during the war. Mm. His um, siblings had been quite ill. One had died from food poisoning. My, my anxiety and panic attacks actually came from my father. Um, I never knew any of this, of course. Mm. I always had to have a full pantry of food, but that was, the, that was something I'd inherited yes. from my father's behaviour. Um, and it was around um, the kids both ended up in... in hospital before they were 12 months old with gastro-related illnesses mm -hmm. so I think it was a combination of all of these things and I had taught because I was I was a trainer back in those days um food handling 
Oh, right? Yes. So food handling as well with, you know, all the things that could go wrong. So I'm constantly talking about going into, you know, with students about, you know, if you don't handle food right, this can, you know, make you sick. Mm. And I think it was a combination of all of those things. Yes. And I was thinking when I woke up in the morning, say at seven, within one hour, I counted how many times I had that idea had popped into my head about being sick. Mm. Um, and that was, that was, if you chunk down, that was the actual key thing about me getting sick or the kids being sick. Yes. And it was something like 5,000 times in that first hour. Wow. Like it was incredible. Yeah. So my brain was on default. It just kept going, oh my God, the kids are in the bathroom. They must be sick. Oh my God, the kids yeah. are this, blah, blah, blah. Or I've just eaten that. Is that going to make me sick? And I got to a point, I didn't even want to eat out at a restaurant. Yes. And so, you know, it's interesting um, that all of this was going on automatically it was running it was like a you know like this um script if you will in the background that you did not even know what was going on and it triggered you with things that were going on with all of these thoughts and stuff i imagine that you get to a stage where you just want to turn your brain off that you just want to and, stop thinking and you can't yeah and that, or you feel you can't because you yes. actually can yeah and you realize that I had created all of this. Yes. So anxiety and panic attacks, um, they're a fear of fear itself. Mm -hmm. So I was already, I was, we were already at the hospital if the kids were in the bathroom longer than one minute mm. because I thought that they'd have gastro or they were sick or there was something wrong, you know. So, you know, you create it yourself. It's yes. your own worst nightmare. Yeah. So it's the thing that you can think of <laughs> that would be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And um, and then you replay it. it you set it and mm -hmm. it replays automatically. You're quite yeah. right in your brain. Wow. And it's a pattern of thinking. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that is all it is. Yes. And yet if someone had said that to me when I was in the middle of all of this going on, I think I might have hit them. Yes, and said, uh, no. Look, thank you, you for sharing. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for sharing that because, you know, I think sometimes, well, not, I don't, not sometimes, it's so important to have these open discussions and conversations because someone, as I said, may be experiencing this. And number one, when we're going through this, any situation, we often will think that we're the only people that are going through this, that no one really understands us and there's no no one can really help us and it's not till we hear or see or someone's experienced the same thing that we think oh and someone who's gone through that and is a survivor that we can say wow if something can happen for her that she now can say that she's a survivor and she doesn't replay all these things in her mind and drive herself to the point of just you know um maybe there's something for me as well so was it the conversation that you had with your colleague or your friend then that opened up the opportunity for you to start learning hang on a minute maybe there's some support out there or something that I can do differently was it through him or I, yes I think so I think what it is is we all have a blind spot and while I knew probably that things weren't really progressing the way I wanted them to go um, one of the things that's always made me really successful in business is the fact that I'm really resilient. So I just mm. push through. Mm -hmm. um, and when I look at people who are probably around me who've had anxiety or panic attacks or both, um, that's a key indicator. You're successful, mm. right? And you just push through. Yes. Um, and you stop listening to you. And so the point was I kept pushing through that there was no end to the yes. pushing through because 
you know, the kids are teenagers now. It's a little bit different. But, you know, you can't push through for 10 years. No. Right? So you can, it's like a J curve in business. You can do the curve. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But if you're doing the J curve, for two, three, four years, mm -hmm. you're going to have burnout. And, and that's what it starts as burnout. Yes. It then flips to anxiety or panic attacks or either either. Um, and yes, this, this person said to me, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. this, and he knew me very well. And he said, this is not okay. You need to do something about this. And that was my feedback mm -hmm. um, to say, and my husband still to this day says he, when we talk about it now, he says, I just had no idea how deep that all was going mm -hmm. on for you. Mm -hmm. You just kept it all together. And I still kept all the balls in the air, Anne-Marie, which is, you know, just <laughs> exactly my personality, yes. right, to do that while I'm falling apart. Yeah. And you know what? I think so many people can relate to that. We just deal with it. You know, pick yourself up, get over it. You've got so many sayings, especially here in Australia, you know, she'll be right, mate, or whatever. But you know what? There comes a time. It's like a rubber band that you're stretching or twisting and twisting. There comes a point in time that that is going to snap. So thank goodness you had that colleague that recognised that in you to give you that feedback, to hold that mirror up, if you will, to say, you know what, if you continue on like that, it's just not okay. You oh. can't keep managing. So what did you do? Guide us through that. So the first thing I did was I went to see the doctor and said, look, this is what my, my, my colleague said to me, what do you think? Uh, first thing the doctor said, and I passed no judgment on this, was mm. Um, I'll put you on medication. Mm. And I actually said, no, mm. um, no, I don't, I don't want to go on medication. Um, and, and again, I say no judgment around this. Um, mm. What I do see around being medicated is that I needed to understand what it was first. And then I said to her, I'll, I'll come back in a week mm. and I'll see how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just went and found out about anxiety. And one of the, one of the uh, books that the doctor actually said to me to get was a book called Living With It, which is a cartoon-based mm -hmm. book. Because I'm thinking at this point, I can't, I don't have time to read a book. Are you kidding me? I've hardly got time to go to the doctors, right? Mm. Um, and this is a cartoon type book. And I sat there and I took some time and I read it. And I sat there and I cried for probably about 30 minutes going, my goodness, this is me. Mm. This is what's been happening to me and I didn't even realise. Yes. Wow. Awareness is sometimes the best, well, it is the best thing, isn't it? Because then you can make different choices. And, it, and, and absolutely, I love the way you said there's absolutely no judgment because sometimes with that, the, there's a hormone imbalance. There's actually a physical thing that's going on that's triggering different hormones that uh, I guess, so you definitely want to get all of that sorted out if someone's experiencing that. So what happened then? You read this book, you really could see that, goodness, this laid out my journey, my life. What was the next step for you? Um, for me, I've always been a very, you know, the, the glasses half full type mm -hmm. of girl, right? And that's what had got me to this point anyway, because it'll be okay, exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, it'll be all right. I'll just, you know, do all of these things. Um, and so I thought to myself, well, I got myself here. I don't know much about it, but I got myself here. I've got to be able to get myself back. Mm -hmm. And I would say that to anybody who's in any stage of anxiety, um, or panic attacks or stress or whatever, you have created this world, mm. right, that you're in at the moment and you can undo it. Yes. So that's a really good news. Mm. Uh, now, I'm going to also say to you that it probably wasn't just the last week that you got yourself here. <laughs> and if I was perfectly honest, um, my 
people pleasing behavior started when I was a little girl mm. um, with my father and, and the dynamics in, in our home. Um, and my people pleasing ways as a child got me what I, what, what I needed as a child. Mm -hmm. So I used them to influence the people around me. Um, I just was overusing my people pleasing mm -hmm. um, when I had other people depending on me. Yes i.e. the kids, right? They need their mums. So it was putting all of that into priority. And the other thing is, rather than, because it, it did feel very overwhelming at that point, big is chunk it down. How do you eat an elephant? One spoonful at a time. So I thought to myself, right, I'm just going to do one thing towards um, feeling better, getting better mm -hmm. and dealing with this. Um, and that day was one thing was just spending half an hour reading that book. Mm. So tomorrow I'm going to do the next step. Um, and it was really um, chunking it down and, and promising myself to do those things for me. Yes. Which is why I ended up with the anxiety and panic attacks. It was, it was actually um, wanting to teach me to look after me better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an odd thing that it's actually a, good thing because it's actually teaching you something yes but at the time when you're in it it doesn't feel like feel very good no no and I guess also too sometimes the lessons we can learn um the helpfulness is on the other side if we continue to do what you were doing sure it might be doing a lesson but you hadn't actually gotten the lesson which was hey you'd need to stop trying to be all things to all people you need to stop looking at everything at this the, like this big huge thing but rather as you say chunk it down narrow it down to certain things um and and not be uh, all things to, to all people let's talk about that because finding your own tribe and I think everything that we mentioned in the introduction and how to get what you do want and not what you don't want is it can really um, incorporate what you're talking about today and helping you to ease those panic attacks and ease the anxiety finding your tribe talk a little bit more about that because there could be some people in your tribe or in your community or in your sphere now that really are not best supporting you and you need to go and find other uh, communities as you're supporting yourself and then obviously continuing life you know you've yeah. got some people that just drain 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 you because they're stuck in their own stuff how did this play out for you so this is the thing with people pleasers and I do a lot of this work um, in my leadership work as well the thing is with people pleasers you would think or I would anyway that you would attract other people pleasers right mm -hmm. no what people pleasers attract are the people takers Mm -hmm. or the people who, what I would call maybe win-lose people, mm -hmm. um, not win-win people. People pleases to me, all they want is everybody to be happy. Yes. Um, and so what happens is you attract those people who aren't particularly often happy. Mm -hmm. So they're happy to jump on you because you're happy to sit there and listen and help. Yes. Right. <laughs> or they're happy to give you extra tasks to do because People pleasers are often, in my experience anyway, and, and definitely for me, um, you know, I was very good at ticking off that to-do list. Mm. And so people were really good at just saying, well, Sandy can do it. Yeah. She's, she's really, she's busy. She's really good at what she does. She'll do it. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up with a lot of people around me. And it's not to say that they weren't good people. I had trained mm. them mm. to treat me in that way. Yeah. Um, a lot of people around me who were actually... Um, sort of uh, pushing stuff towards me. Mm. And because I wasn't saying no, um, 
they didn't think it was a problem. Yes. But it was a massive problem for me. Right? Yeah, yeah. Something that you said, Sandy, I want to repeat this because it's going to be a lesson for someone. And again, only for people are open to it. When we're often complaining about how people are treating us, what you said is so true. We train people on how they treat us. So if someone is treating you badly, there's a reason because of that. And that is because you've allowed them in one way or another saying no, not whatever it might be. So important, isn't it? We do oh. treat people or train people um, through our actions, sometimes our inactions, through what we say and sometimes what we don't say. We allow them in one way or another to impact us, to, to treat us. Yeah. Speak a bit more about this. This would have been a huge aha for you, yes? Yes. And taking responsibility too, because there's a part of um, a part of me had started going poor me around mm. around all the things that, but I was actually creating it right. Yes. I was creating uh, my boss to throw more work at me by completing it really quickly, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was <laughs> I was I was creating you know my mother-in-law to get you know to get me to do things because I always looked so accomplished and I. I always like to project a bit of a perfectionist mm. thing around mm -hmm. um, how how I looked, um, how I acted, um, how I was in my professional in my professional life. And interesting, Emery, today because I didn't know I was going to be on camera, and I've got no makeup on. <laughs> and you <laughs> and look Emery beautiful, gave me the by the way. To say, yeah. Do you want to go and run and put some makeup on? Because the kids are sick today, so you know, do you want to get dressed? And and I went, you know what? I would like to, but good on no. you. No, yeah, that's okay because yes. you know what, it, it stuff happens. Yeah. You know, the kids are sick, and I'm in my trackie, and you know what, other women out there will go. Well, that's okay. She's really yeah. brave. She went on there on camera without you know having her makeup on, and yeah. and that's the thing. That whole showing that perfection. Mm -hmm. I've got all the balls in the air, and and I'm good, right? Yeah, yeah. people are like, wow you know, um, then she can take on more. Mm, yes. <laughs> Not, isn't she doing a good job, which yeah. is what I wanted them to be thinking. And you know? so important, I think, for people who uh, who do want to please others and be, you know, supportive and everything to put up some clear boundaries. I'll, I'll share something really brief. I remember when I was uh, first in the workplace, I would have been about 19, 18, 19. We were a small company. And, and in fact, when I say small, we were probably less than 10 people. So we all had various jobs to do. We had a new manager, a sales manager that came from a large company uh, into our business and the first day that he was there he said oh could you ring so-and-so for me and I looked up from my desk and I said why is your dialing stinks finger on strike <laughs> no I'm you know I didn't say you know no I'm not going to do that but I that's how I kind of put my boundaries up no I'm not going to run around and, and ring for you but that's what you need to do isn't it you need to put boundaries up and be able to have that conversation so that person knows. And he just said, oh, am I allowed to, to make my own phone calls? In that company that he came from, no one was allowed to make their own phone calls. Everything needed to be done through a receptionist and clocked, you know, uh, uh, and do documented. Ah, um, yeah, and sometimes absolutely. it's having a conversation. And it's having your own rule book. Yeah. And I work a lot with my clients over this. Having your own rule book about what is... Uh, a no to someone else is an absolute yes to you. Mm. Um, and it's not, when you say no, uh, when you start, well, I was, I'll, I'll use me as an example, but when I first started go, uh, saying no, I would feel so bad <laughs> because I'd said, 
no, Anne-Marie. And then I'd go into justification. Yeah. I can't do it because of blah, 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 right? And you're like, all you needed to say was yeah, no. Yeah, no, that's I fine. I'll ask, yeah. I'll ask Sue over here, you know, Yeah. right? So it, it's learning to be able to say no without the justification. Mm. Um, I then went into another level of women can be really tough on other women. Um, mm. And I'll, I'll share just a really quick story with you. I remember my oldest son was in grade six and I had a part body stage. So I was well past all the anxiety and panic attacks and those sorts of things. But I'd said no in a situation that I couldn't actually uh, do a plate of sandwiches. Mm. I had, you know, people out from the US coming to meet me every day in the office. The office was in Essendon. I, can't, I couldn't do a plate of sandwiches mm. and drop them off at nine o'clock. It just wasn't going to work. And I, so I said, look, no, I, I can't do that. And this other woman turned around who, you know, I was quite good friends with and said, oh, for God's sake, Sandy, of course you can. Mm. And I thought to myself, I was absolutely speechless to begin yes. with. And I went, how would you know what mm. I have on and what I don't? Now, this other woman didn't work and was a stay-at-home mum, mm -hmm. right? And I was really lucky in the job that I did have that I was very flexible to be able to do things. But this week I knew I couldn't. And that took me about a week to get over. Yeah. And I remember thinking, why am I feeling so bad about that? Um, and why wasn't I clearer with her? Why didn't I pull her aside and say, mm. you know, that's okay for you, um, but it's not actually okay for me. So why, why would you do that to another woman? Mm. Why wouldn't you support me? Yes. Um, and to this day, I still remember that conversation. Yes. And, and I think other women often jump in and use their own what's going on for them mm -hmm. for others mm -hmm. where they don't actually know what's going on in somebody else's world yeah a little bit like your story with you know the guy ringing mm. he he wasn't he wasn't aware know, being yeah no, no he, just he wasn't, wasn't aware that, he, that, yeah. that was the case yeah and look i think what you said there is just so such an important insight is that we can and look there's some people who really don't care and like them you want to get them out of your circle because um and not even worry about that because that's one of the things that we do, don't we? We almost start to worry and have conversations um, in our heads about what happens with this and then the whole guilt thing. We need to just put a stop on that and be able to just be, as you said, be fine with that. And I think it's using a tool like um, asking why. Yes. A little bit like what you just said. So, Sandy, why can't you make those sandwiches? Mm what's going on for you right and I would have explained to her and not just quickly passing judgment oh yes you can mm -hmm. you know just go and do it sort of thing yeah um so asking the person what's going on in their world and why yeah you know? yeah I mean I'm just curious yeah, you know I think that's so good because probably the sarcastic person in me and I can be like if someone pushes the wrong buttons it'll either be humor or it will you could have quite honestly turned around and turned that right back on here and said well you might have nothing else to do because you're home all day I'm actually working you know what I mean but sometimes in that moment and that is to exactly what happens you. when you have a group of women at together yeah. and Marie and then it's it's a bite back yes. rather than a, a communication yeah exactly. right you know communicate with other people and ask Sandy why couldn't you do those sandwiches yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and and you know what's going on there for you do mm -hmm. you need help yes rather than biting back at me and telling me that I can do it yeah when I clearly have said that I can't 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a huge lesson for all of us is to really keep our mouths closed unless we're saying something that's going to be helpful or empowering. Don't judge others um, on what's going on for them with what's going on for us. And I see that in communities. Um, you know, if, if someone is, is, you know, with children even, there's all this debate on what should be done, what shouldn't be done, all of this kind of stuff. What's right for someone may not necessarily be right for you and vice versa. Absolutely. And I think we need to really keep our own perceptions and that to ourselves, unless someone asks for that or inquire, make an inquiry. Is there something I can help you with? Oh, okay, no worries, because um, they would have known that you would have jumped in anyway. So I'm sure it would not have been something that I you I think that's said. why I was so outraged by this situation for me to remember this, you know, 10 years on <laughs> was because I was one of those people who I was one of those 10% in the school community that really put in. And so did my husband, yes. um, even though we work, both work full time. And so it was like, sometimes I can put in and sometimes I can't, I'm yeah. just like that rubber band thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I've got to be comfortable to be able to say that. And other people have to be able to listen. Yeah. You know what? And take it a full aspect of who Sandy Colombo is. Yes. You know, not just, I can't make the sandwiches. Yeah. And you know what? As you were saying that, I bet you in her mind, and it may have come out the wrong way, she's probably seen you as someone who is contributing 110%. Hmm. So she's probably thinking, oh, you can do that for sure, Sandy. Not That's even exactly thinking. Right. And had you inquired back of her and she'd realised what you what was going on for you, she might have said, oh, look, I didn't mean it that way either. Because sometimes we can carry on these conversations and debates and have whole arguments and I'll stand there thinking to myself, do you realise you just spent five minutes having an argument with someone and, and when I've met them, it's like, how are you, you kind of thing. We can, yeah, if we don't. <laughs> so you asked me before, Anne-Marie, what was the start of that? Yeah. Like, so if I had to pinpoint it, it was not a situation like that and playing it over and over and over yes. again in my head yes until that thing that one thing like that situation back in 2003 would have been in my head for weeks yes and all of the things I could have said and all the things I wanted to say and all the things I didn't say and why didn't I say them and blah blah blah, blah. Mm. and this and that's what it was like in my head yeah yeah and not just one thing lots of different yeah lots of different ways and it's like that isn't it because right there at the moment you don't think of something it's like when half an hour later or whatever you think oh I had a good punchline or I had a good comeback for for that and um be interesting if she ever stumbles across this uh podcast <laughs> she well, really interesting. she's still a friend of mine yeah. in fact and, that. th and that's the other interesting thing because um just because these you're allowing people to treat you like that doesn't mean that they're not your friends mm. it's just you've allowed it yeah you just haven't set your own boundaries around what's okay and, and and what's not and with this particular person i know that what i know now not at the time probably but what i know now is that she's harder on herself than she is on anybody else and yeah. that's why she was saying what she was saying to me yeah. and everything we do say to other people is how we're treating ourselves so yes. when we are really judgmental when we do put people down when we do bite back in a in a you know not in an unkind way sometimes mm that's what we're saying to ourselves it's a reflection so, of what's going on for us isn't for us, it it's, it's not anything to do with the no, other person that is such another great insight that you're sharing there sandy because so often we feel um that as you said before that the world is against us through people's reactions or inactions all of that kind of stuff but really often it has nothing to do with us or that circumstance or that situation it is a huge indication of what's going on in their life and 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 what really is happening for 
them. And I think once we start to recognize that and maybe even start to look at situations from the other point person's point of view, as soon as I almost imagine myself in someone else's shoes, I actually, I might not agree with it, but I can understand how they got to that decision or, or why they acted that way. And from there, you can start to build a pathway to... Absolutely. Mm. And women are generally far more judgmental than men. Mm. You know, and, and, and I, I, I watch groups of men and one man says, oh, buddy, can't do that. And they go, no problem. Yeah. Women actually often don't. Yes. Um, and it's because we've got, we're juggling all these balls in the air. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we've got to prove to everybody else how many balls we're juggling that we're better than you with your juggling and you know what I mean? like it's and it's and and sometimes it's okay to be human it's okay mm. to show your friends that you're vulnerable it's okay to say look you know I had panic attacks in 2003 and I had anxiety mm-hmm. you know people say to me you're so brave talking about that and I go I don't feel I'm brave talking about it at all if I can help one person mm. um you know, not go as far down the track as what I did, right? Yeah. Or even, you know, find their way back, then, you know, I'm really pleased yes. about that because I actually, without my panic attacks and without the anxiety, I wouldn't be doing the job I'm doing today. Mm. It's actually led me into becoming um, a practitioner of NLP. Yes. And I, then I did my master and then I did train the trainers. I work with every client I have has some form of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think it's the way we're living today on iPhones and, you know, smart devices. Mm-hmm. We're not turning off. We're not meditating or we're not taking some time out to walk or put ourselves first. We've got to make, you know, all the, you know, our Facebook world look perfect and everything look perfect. Yes. And really, yeah. I mean, no. this all I for? mean, that whole perfection and all of that, when you look behind the scenes of anyone, everyone, we've all got our own struggles. It's just different for each and every one of us. And I think the important thing is having that discussion and going, you know what, it will be okay. There is different ways to, to handle things and you're certainly not alone. Let's talk about how to get what you do want rather than getting what you don't want. Because I know that there's some, you know, incredible tools and things that through NLP and that just even in what you say to yourself, your your inner voice and and uh, some of the language the communications yes. that you use that can disempower you and you don't even know that you're doing it may may i pick one of yours Anne marie is that okay yeah sure right you've told me that you've tried to do lots of things during this interview we've talked about you've tried to do this or you've tried to do that try is a word that i take out of my vocab unless i say tried yes <laughs> right because it's something that says that, uh, for example, if I said to you, try and pick up that pen, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Yeah, because you're in so the you... process of always trying. It's it's never completed. Yes. yes and there done. is a list of words um, that you reframe um, what you're thinking and, and speaking. Um, your words are so important. Although mm-hmm. they're only 7% of your communication, they're a big part of the, how you're communicating with yourself. Yes. Um, so when I think about um, when my father was very ill and I, I needed to go every day to the hospital, mm. if I framed it as I should go, mm. it, it's, it felt like a task. Um, if I framed it as I want to go and see my father, mm. it, it felt more pleasurable. Yes. It, it, you know, so shoulds and coulds, I would say, if you can remove them or, mm. or be 
aware of using them Mm. because when I start saying I should do that, I'm like, wow, okay, what's that about? Mm. You know? Um, And I also think just reframing and realizing that your emotions are flags, right? So Mm -hmm. every emotion that you have is just a flag of awareness. It's your body telling you what's going on. Um, And I always use this example with my clients that my son my youngest son was in about grade four or five and he decided he wanted to be an altar boy and went on an overly Catholic family. But here, he, here I am driving him to mass one Sunday morning. You know, it was really quite amusing for me because, you know, I'm really not that mass going type of girl, mm-hmm. but I'm driving and he's really nervous. And I said to him, so what's happening? And he said, oh, mum, he said, I've, I've, I'm so nervous. And I said, explain it to me. He said, I've got butterflies. I feel sick. Um, I, you know, um, my head's, you know, whizzing around. And I said, right, okay. So uh, that's the same feeling as excitement, isn't it? Mm. And he sat there for about, oh, it felt like forever. And then he goes, mum, I can't believe it's taken you all this time until I'm eight for you to tell me that it's the same feeling. Oh, it's much better to be excited. I'll just be excited. I said, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the same feeling. Yes. So what the feeling you're getting often is just a label we're putting on it. I'm, I'm feeling stressed or I'm mm. feeling excited yeah. or I'm feeling nervous and I'm feeling excited, right? It can be the same feeling. Mm-hmm. It's just the label that you're calling it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing is I just realised that this has just been a brilliant show. I'm just so uh, thankful that uh, we connected and, and get to feature you. And this week where we know that in the US um, is Mental Awareness Week and here in Australia we're always, as you know, on all of the different medians encouraging people to, to be mindful of uh, what's going on for them psychologically. And I know that sometimes, and we spoke about this before, where there was that connection to you as a child and then with your father. And sometimes for some people, there's something that continues to trigger them unconsciously. They're not really aware of it. And it's a lot harder for them to to be able to address that and change that. And I know that's certainly an area where you can help them to understand it through the tools that you do with, with NLP. Explain to people, if you will, how to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that if they've uh, heard and, and seen something today that they realize you know what I really need to talk to someone about that because I want to make some significant changes so that yep. I can start to say you know what I have lived through I'm no longer uh, I'm a survivor absolutely and look it's not it's it's not easy when you're in it to mm. be able to it's a little bit like uh, that saying you can't see uh, the forest for the trees yes. just know it will be okay mm. and that I've come out the other side you can too yeah. because you know and remember that there isn't a problem that any human has had that some other human hasn't had before yes. and I think if you can keep those two points in your head then you can start and, and the third one being you know it's the little steps yeah right yeah. Just a little thing. How do you eat an elephant? One spoonful at a time. You know, um, we've given you some helpful tips today and how to do it. Um, but of course, you know, reach out to me on social media. Mm. Um, I have a big following on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook um, or my website, which is www.columboconsulting.com.au. Mm-hmm. And reach out in any way that you want to. Um and, and start asking for help because that was my big thing. I never wanted to ask anybody to help me. Mm. And when I did actually say I'm struggling a bit with all of this, I got help from places I never, ever thought I would get help from. Yes. And I had assumed I wouldn't get help from. Yeah. So 
So never assume anything. No. <laughs> you know, and ask for help. You know, and if those people aren't willing to, that are in your world aren't willing to help you, then that's probably someone you don't want to spend a lot of time with because I'm sure you've been helping them a lot. You know, yes. relationships are two-way streets, aren't mm-hmm. they, Anne-Marie? Yeah. It's not all one way. It's a, that's right. If you're not getting anything out of that, get another relationship and find someone who is going to, to give and take. And, you know, I think a lot of, uh, and I'm glad it is changing. It's not as bad as it was. You know, the stigma around mental health and mental, uh, um, what we're talking about today, and there's absolutely no shame absolutely no shame in experiencing this because at one time or another we all experience this it's just for some of us um, we experience it a little bit more consistently and we need some of these practical steps to be able to to absolutely and Amory I've got to tell you I love the fact that I had anxiety and panic attacks Mm. it has been the best learning for me because I'm so much happier now than what I was in my I mean you know very happily married and have two beautiful kids and all those sorts of things but I mean personally myself Mm. Um, it has been a real uh, journey of exploring who I am yes. because I think sometimes as a wife and mother um, we and, and, and working as well, you know, there were all these Sandys, but there wasn't that personal yes. Sandy. Who, who is Sandy? She? Who are you? That's yeah. right. And you probably never even thought of it. What do you mean? I haven't got time for that. And off you are of... You know, no, to, no. Yeah. and 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 having time to find out who that person is and what I'm at, what I actually like, yes, was a big part of the process mm. because I like work. I've always liked work, so I would tie myself up in work. But you also need to make sure that you have some hobbies and some things just to de-stress and and yeah. and just be who you are. Mm-hmm. That you're not, you know, someone's mother, someone's um, wife, someone's, you know. Uh, manager or employee or boss mm. or whatever. The sandwich maker, whatever. You know? Whatever. You know, I'm now CEO of stocking the fridge. I used to be there CEO of, of doing everything for the kids. Now it's just making sure there's food in the house. <laughs> love it. Love it. Look, I've loved the conversation today. We'll put all of the links that uh, you can connect with Sandy over on our show notes as well, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash WIL86. If you are hearing or listening or listening and watching this today and you know that there's someone in your life that uh, you would love to hear this message please share it go ahead and share it anyway um, I think it's so important to, to to get this message out there that there is support out there um, for those people who are who are struggling with mental health there's nothing and to Anne be Marie, I of. just forgot to say one mm. thing which is really important on my website there's a whole lot of free tools which are coaching tools and things like that that people can join my community that yeah. you know you can just drop in there and get some Fabulous. because t- yeah just some worksheets and things that you can do yourself because not everybody's always feels comfortable reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so that's Columbo Consulting. Yes, yes. Columbo Consulting. Yeah, yeah. au. That's it. Fantastic. And we'll also put a link on the show notes to that and also here on Facebook Live too because we're streaming this live. So you can pop across, get those resources and uh, benefit from those immediately. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Amory. I really loved it. You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. Changing the world, one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.